Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Psst, come here. Want to know something? I've got hemorrhoids. Those itchy, painful, burning balls in my backside. But if I have hemorrhoids, how am I riding my trusty steed, Matilda? Because I'm wearing a thick layer of Footy Prime the Podcast, the doctor-recommended number one hemorrhoid treatment on the market. Footy Prime soothes and cools those tiny balls of anger that have been bothering your buttocks for the last few weeks. Plus, Footy Prime is gluten and dairy-free, so it's safe enough for even the most sensitive of tummies. So the next time Satan stabs you in the anus with his fiery pitchfork of misery, just slather on some Footy Prime the Podcast and get the party started. Giddy up, Matilda! <laughs> uh, <laughs> See, I think it would be called, at some point, be called hemorrhoids, but not hemorrhoid lotion. That's great. I feel quite proud. If Craig was here right now, he'd be saying, apply the lotion, apply the lotion. <laughs> he loves that line. lotion in the basket. <laughs> he loves that line. But he's and, not here. And, and B would say, what's that movie? What's, what's, that, what's that from? Yeah, what's that movie? What's that from? I didn't yeah. see that. Well, uh, but I'm used to hanging around considerably older people most of my life. So I get that there's references that go over my head. It's just that usually with other people, 80% of what they say is something I probably want to go and watch. You guys, it's it's closer to my my gambling success rate, which was which is currently below 22%. You don't it's think one of the most like iconic movie? movies. Yeah. One no, of the really? most iconic movies ever. What he movie? doesn't even remember the days when Jodie Foster was sexy. She was sexy. Mm-hmm. Well, she was well I, I knew that she, she's yes. I know that she's beloved for having been attractive. Yes, yeah. or is attractive. Yes, but I mean, her peak was definitely before I was probably interested in girls. I was playing with toys and watching sports. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Well, you're 25. Jodie Foster? No, you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, when I she see. was 25, she was very clever. <laughs> you're, you're calling me a nerd. Ah, I got you. Well, it's funny, part of the podcast. Uh, usual uh, ridiculousness off the top. As mentioned, Craig's not here yet. He might show up. He's playing golf today. He's not a window. Sure it's pretty freaking dark right now, isn't it? So I don't know if he's playing golf or not, but he said he was, and he might show up if he's back home in time. But Jimmy's here, and you heard B there, and JC, and Wonga, and I'm Sham. So we're here for uh, the next what? 
probably an hour, maybe 50 minutes. We'll, we'll see what, what tangents we go down. It's funny, I was at an event last night for uh, Room 442 in the Parlay and for Josh Cloak's book, The Voyagers, and uh, met a bunch of people who were really loving what we do in the podcast. But more than one person said, it's a great show. You know, e- even when you go on those kind of weird tangents. <laughs> <laughs> you mean every show? Every almost? show, yeah. Yeah, I think people yeah. enjoy it. I, I had so uh, I had a good friend who's a listener, a regular listener, ask me, and he's, he's only met maybe one of you guys, and he asked, uh, Wonger, is Wonger an asshole or is it just like a shtick? And I said, <laughs> really? Well, it depends on what episode you're listening to. And he says, because I feel like there are times where he like applies it, it harder to be extra asshole, but it works because you guys are all fucked. Yeah, <laughs> it does work. So well, I guess the opening, right. I guess the opening helped Wonger out, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I, I'm sit, sitting in her right now. Good pool of footy prime. <laughs> I don't think that, that Wonger. <laughs> I don't think that Wonger shtick though is asshole. Do you? I don't think so. No, no, but I, I think though, I think what he was trying to get at, and he's someone with more English sensitivities. I am not English, but I've tried very hard to be English. Jimmy lived there. Craig lived there. I think the four of us have what you would call more English banter, level of banter. It is a different sense of humor, a different comedy, right? So I think that maybe when Wonger applies that sometimes, there's a natural Canadian-Americanness about it that makes it sound assholey, but it's oh, we don't perceive it that way. Oh, it's I, less not. authentic asshole. I think I can less be authentic a bit of an asshole, banter. but it, it's right. I like being on the edge. So I'm don't get me wrong. We can all be assholes. I think you're a funny asshole. Yeah. Remember when your your brother said your brother Mike said, tell Wonger, I want to put my ball sack on his microphone. Yeah. I think that's hilarious. But if he actually <laughs> did it, he'd be an asshole. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. By the way, I'm I'm listening here and I'm hearing I'm hearing five well working, well functioning microphones. Jimmy, how do you like me now? <laughs> it worked the whole time. The whole time it was working. Uh, thank you. It just it wasn't plugged in. No, he pushed it. He pushed it so far to the side, and so I've got him. He's on. Uh, explain, explain your setup now, Jimmy. Uh, so, so Warner told me to get a box. I couldn't find a box, uh, but I found the kids Cheerio box. So my computer's on a Cheerios box right now. So it's elevated. So it doesn't look like I'm making out with this microphone, and you're going to see my face. Well, now you, in discussing this close to the screen as Charmin does, so in our videos, like Charmin's head fills the entire space, not because he actually has a giant head, because he sits so close. So you're. No, is my, do, do I sound okay here? Head. Is my mic okay at this distance here? Do I sound or is it too echoey? I mean, it's mildly echoey if we're being picky. Because I'm sitting further back now, I can move but the you mic can't closer read your here. Screen. You know what it is? I just lean in. I've got bad posture. I lean in a lot. That's what it I, is. I do as well. I have very poor posture. But his head doesn't I also have a big head. head. Come forward. That's massive. Look at it. It's a big head in it. Yeah. Just watch right. any of the promos on footy underscore prime on Twitter. And you'll just Go see back. this massive head. It fills the space. It, it actually affects the framing. We had Jimmy actually on room 442 today. And, um, and his head was massive in, in the frame. And I was much smaller. So Jimmy's got a rather large noggin as I well. Do. I do. I, so have a, I have a big melon as well. Yeah. That's standing up though. Could also, up. 
That could be because you're you're working with a, a producer team that spots light to the star. So naturally, they put your your guest on to fill the full screen and have your tiny head in the my middle little, of that closet. Pinhead, my little pinhead. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, listen, we should probably get the football at some point. Um, so Haaland scored two more goals. Crap day at the office, eh? Kind of getting bored of this now, actually. Yeah, loser. I'm talking about it. Like, is this a point? Is this kind of the, the tipping point where we stop talking about him because it, you just you just expect it, or are we still going to kind of champion the hype? And how many goals this? is that now? Nineteen in all competitions. <sighs> wow. Yeah, it's the beginning of October, guys. Nineteen wow. in eleven games. I think it is. How is that even possible? <laughs> it's crazy. Not even Messi or Ronaldo did that. This this. Hey. He scored 19 goals in 11 games, okay? At Forest, I played about 150 games and got one. (laughs) (laughs) And it was an OG. (laughs) I scuffed it into the bottom corner. It's actually, it's comforting, Jimmy, that you and I have the same goal-scoring record. No, that depresses the hell out of me knowing that. Cherry Beach. Well, it it should also depress uh, you for all of my teammates who, because I play the top of of a diamond. I play the nine, so... Pretty bad return. So the uh, the Prime account put out um, a tweet about not even Chuck Norris could handle Harland, and and I, I <clears throat> whoever was on the post promised the uh, the listeners that they talk about who could handle Harland, not just in football in, in general, because to me he could crush the world if he wanted to at this point. Is that one of those superheroes? He could destroy them with one, one, one smash. He's that powerful, that daunting. Is there anyone that that could handle? Erling Haaland. JC's Hulk. leading forward. That's a good sign. Hulk. Hulk. No, I don't think so. Hulk. Hulk's retired anyway. Was he playing in Qatar now? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's. He went to Saudi Arabia. Now he's trying to get back on TFC. Uh, no, Hulk's playing in Brazil, actually. But he was, rumored, he to go to, he was rumored to go to Wolves. Mm. Naturally. Still the best name, by the way, in, in football, Hulk. Atletico but, Mineiro. Yeah, can anyone handle this guy? I mean, are we going to just say, well, a great start, great start to the season, but after a while, they, they kind of figured him out? No, that's not happening. He's going to terrorize it. Terrorize the Premier League, Champions League, everything. Yeah, but I mean, at some point, e- even the greats have been neutralized. Like Maradona, they just kicked the shit out of him and they introduced him to some really bad people. Boom, <laughs> took him out. Right? Ronaldo, Messi, they've gone through spells where they didn't score at the rate that we expect them to. There's got to be a way to trip. Well, this is, but this is the thing, right? If he's on any other team, including the last few seasons of Dortmund, you triple team him, you're probably not going to get burned every single time. There might be a couple other world-class players next to him, but you wouldn't get burned. Now, everybody, including the goalie, is world-class with their feet. So you're screwed. You can't he'll, he'll team bring, him. You can't triple team him. He'll bring more players into the, the game, you think, too, right? More goal scorers in some ways. Because if you're throwing two men on him, then suddenly who pops up, you know, wide open? Oh, there's Phil Foden. Hat trick. Yeah. I think you can already say that with Foden. And you can say that with how impressive Grealish has been in comparison to last season as well. Jimmy? You can't, you can't, you can't stop this guy. He's just too He's good. Really I'm, I'm telling you now, you're you're... We are all witnessing, and this is the way he's going right now. You're going to be witnessing the best striker in world football 
ever if he keeps going the way that he's going right now because it's ridiculous. It's tough to argue that. I mean, it's a freaking loaded comment, but it's it's, it's tough to argue that. However, yeah. I mean, is the pressure mounting on him or is it is it lessening? I mean, the more he scores, yep, he's successful, he's wonderful. But at the same time, if he goes a couple of games with just one goal, which is still pretty freaking good by most strikers, you know, strike rate, we'll be saying, oh, oh, he's losing it now. Not very good. Just the one goal. I mean, really, he could finish the season right now and walk away and he would have tied Ronaldo last season, wouldn't he? <laughs> he's it's beginning of October. He's nine goals away from tying the Premier League top scorer last season. <laughs> so the only way you're gonna stop him is you, you food poison his father. What? Weeks because you said it his father keeps him on the straight and narrow. You introduce hookers and blow all at one time. And uh he needs someone to party with. So Jimmy, you and I, we fly over there. And we go and they, they introduce us to Holland and we take him under our wing. And that's the only way he's going to, because this guy is unstoppable unless you introduce real life to him. That's my point. Well, here's one for you, Jimmy. I'm not sure if you were out on this occasion. Um, Josh, <laughs> Wonger, was reading. Where, I'm, I'm sorry, Sean. Wonger, where the fuck does your head go sometimes? Just think oh, about oh, it. That's brilliant. That's the only a, move. It's the yeah. only move. Wonger just modernized what I said happened to Maradona. Yeah. Wonger just gave you the 2023 version of Napoli, which obviously is MLS in Las Vegas with uh, Aston Villa, Las Vegas FC. Yep. It's the only way you got to make get his dad like eating too much and have a, have like stomach issues. So, just like every Friday. But that just shows you the extent of how difficult this is. It starts with ruin his father. That's right. Then you can ruin him. Yes. What the fuck? Charms, what were you saying, man? Okay, let's go back to the It's back on the straight and narrow. So um, Josh Clark was you, reading B. an excerpt from his book um, last night about Atiba Hutchinson. And, yeah. and the, the, the chapter was talking about Atiba was 23 years old before he went to his very first nightclub ever in wow. his life. And it's with Canada on, on national team duty. And he was really nervous about going to his first club. Jimmy, were you, do you remember that at all? Were you part of that? Does that strike a, a chord with you or not? Well, if he was 23 and he went to nightclub, I would have been there. <laughs> You're the one that got the booth. I probably, sure. I probably organized it for the boys. But I mean, that's a man that he's a clean liver, right? 23 years of age, as a Tiba, you know, football, football, football. Didn't party, didn't drink. Um, Harland, I mean, he's a, he's a tough guy to ignore, right? But maybe he's the same cut from the same cloth. You know, um, doesn't drink, doesn't want to go out. He probably goes home and watches football videos clips on YouTube. That's what I kind of think of him right now. He's that obsessed. So so getting even without his dad being around with food poisoning, I think getting him close to the hookers and blow would still be troublesome. I don't know. I've seen a couple of clips of him when he was at Dortmund out with the boys partying. Oh, yeah? Okay. He can have fun. Yeah. 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 But it could be the you're only just, way, right? You're not stopping this guy. <laughs> I don't care what you give this man. He's too big, too powerful. Is there someone on in the league that if they marked him, even on his own team, who would who would you have marking him if he was going to World Cup? Like, who are these guys who could mark him and control him? You got to go back in time. Yeah. There's two guys, but you have to clone them. So there's four of them. 
Mm. And then you're taking someone who was too old to have played with them and put them on the team as well to just get under his skin and, and really like destroy him mentally. Who so you, you say? you're cloning Rio Ferdinand and Nemanja Vidic. So there's four of them. And Eric Cantona is also on this team, destroying him mentally. So Cantona is tapping into the brain while Rio and, and Vidic. See, I, I see Vidic. Rio, though, is step out of position now and again, right? Trying to be a little That's bit. That's why ambitious. there's two of them. But Gary Pallister. Gary Pallister was a great defender. Hey, you know, Des Walker, Jimmy. Des Walker can oh, handle yeah. him. Oh, Desi would have taken that challenge, wouldn't he? I think if there's two guys that could get under his skin and wind him up, Robbie Savage Ooh. and Jimmy Bullard. <laughs> there's your two that can really get into his head. <laughs> great, great shout. Great shout. You can imagine the look on Jimmy Bullard's face, just like staring up at him. Saying, what the fuck's that? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Actually, is, he, is, he, is, he, is he a Londoner or is he a Northerner? Who? Savage? Jimmy Bullard. Oh, I think he might be a Southerner, actually. So yeah, you get the idea. Well, we'll see. I mean, what? how many goals do you need him to get this year not to be disappointed? Like At this point, if he gets like 38, I'm kind of like, nah, yeah, it's a record, but kind of thought he'd hit 50. <laughs> If he uh, if he finishes on twenty nine, it's because a he's been injured for about ten games. But if he doesn't get to thirty, I honestly think that would be considered a disappointment. I do. Yeah, I know. I think I'm with you. After this start, something's gone wrong at that point, hasn't it? Look, I'll be honest with you. I said fifteen. I'm happy now. <laughs> <laughs> He's he's good in my eyes. <laughs> you know, we discussed it in the last show and we'll keep doing it, but, you know, just trying to recollect um, a debut season that's been this dominant for any sportsman. I mean, it's not that we didn't see it coming. We knew he was very good, but just a guy first year in the league, not necessarily the youngest of guys, but a guy that's just torn up a league, a sport. I mean, I, I don't remember Jordan's first year out of college. Pretty good, right? But not not this level. No, not even close. LeBron was good, really good in his first year, mm-hmm. but not this are you, level. Are you going basketball? I think the only any, guy is any, any sport. It's the only guy who was close. Is first year on the tour is uh, Tiger, or maybe Gretzky first year playing in the NHL, where he, you know, I mean, it took him a few, but he was already up there. Yeah, unfair though to compare to those guys' first years because he's played in the Champions League for three seasons. He's played, for, he's played for Dortmund. Yeah. He's, he's seasoned yeah, he's to played get, professionally. Yes. He's seasoned to get to a, a, a Premier League level to be yeah. a superstar player in the Premier League. Yeah. But what he's doing is obliterating. The, the, the level of dominance, it's Celtics with uh, Bill Russell dominance. It's Ronda Rousey in those first few years of women's MMA dominance. It's, it's Tyson. Brady dominance. Mm. Yeah, you know what? It's uh, a timely little uh, tweet. Alan Scholes, our buddy. Nah, he'll get 33. The month off will sting him. He's going to sit on the couch, eat Cheetos, and watch YouTube the whole time. Come back overweight, and his touch will suffer. That's what he's saying. Then he Come says, us nah. or Holland? No, Skulls. Holland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, nah, he's right. He's going to get 51. So <laughs> does this break? This break doesn't affect him at all, does it, Jimmy? Him, no. No. Mm. It won't affect them. Look, I Probably think helpful. now the way that the, the professionals are today, it's a different different ball game altogether. These guys aren't going out 
on the town on binges for a week, two weeks. They're, they're looking after themselves. And saying that as well, even though it is a break, they're still in training. They're still in training every single day. They'll get a couple of days off. So he won't miss a beat when he comes back. Yeah, but they'll games. They'll, they'll arrange games for them in that month as well. I mean, he's not going to be sitting. They'll, they've got it all planned out what they're doing with these players. These guys aren't just, you know, just in preseason, really, right? Playing some exhibition matches, I bet you. You know, behind closed doors, maybe, but they're playing football. Yeah, they're training every day. Games against who? These children that Pep rolled out today? Who is Josh Wilson Esbrand? Who is Cole Palmer? He's who, is Rico, who is Rico Lewis? Anyone who's, whose jersey number is is like above 70, that, that's not like the same training level. No, yeah, it's normally those kids, academy though. players. It's normally those academy kids that get minutes though, as like Palmer's getting a few minutes this year so far. And, and you straight away think, man, this guy's got to be amazing, hasn't he? Um, or he'll be sold pretty quickly for a decent amount of money because he comes from the City Academy, so therefore that's got such a reputation now that these are stars in the making. But from their perspective, from an academy product, Jimmy, you've been in academies and you're trying to get into the first team, it must be pretty daunting if you're looking up at that Man City squad, first team squad, and thinking, how the hell am I going to break into that? For sure you are. 100%. 100%. Well, because you, you come out of the academy and then normally you go into the reserve team or the under-23s now, whatever it is, right? And so your, your goal as a young young kid is to get into that first team. On a Saturday, you're sitting in the stands watching the games with the rest of the, rest of the boys thinking, I want to get in there. I want to get into the squad. And then when you look, and I, I, I can only imagine how hard it is for, for those young players where you know, say, for instance, you're a left winger and you're trying to get into the team and you're pushing and you're pushing and all of a sudden they go out and spend $75 million on a left winger. And you're like, good God, come on. And then maybe I can play wing back. Well, we, we just spent $55 million on a left back. Like, it's, it's very difficult. And I think that's when they, you get to a point as well as a young player and you've got to start to realize, you know, am I going to keep trying to fight for a position here or do I have to go – you know, apply my trade somewhere else with some other club and maybe go on loan because you 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 want that first-team football, especially when you're 18, 19. You want to be playing first-team football. But that's not new either, Sharms. Look at all of these guys that were, you know, broke through out of the academy at big clubs with massive payrolls in front of them. The odds stacked against them. And we saw them maybe even for one, two, or three seasons at the parent club. Yeah. Like, what do you know where Josh McEachern is now? Remember the Chelsea starlet? That's a great point. Yeah. Where is he? Milton Keynes. Is he really? Wow. 29 you know, years old. It's, it's funny. It's funny you say that, right? And I always say, I say to people here all the time and I laugh. I have a little giggle to myself, you know, where, you know, these, you get these. It's a great young, giggle, by the way. Yeah, your laugh is not little, by the way. Don't, don't downplay it. It's so a you get big these, laugh. You get these kids, you're talking to their parents and you get some numpties that are, I'm going to take your kid to AC Milan or I'm going to take your kid to Panathinaikos. And unless you are a ridiculously exceptional talent, then you've got a chance of maybe breaking into that first team at some point. But if you've got some talent, go to the smaller clubs where you're going to play football. You've got more chance getting into a first team if you're going down into the first division, second division, than what you are going into these top flight teams. You have way more chance of getting it because they can't go. The, the lower teams can't go out and buy players. 
So they're relying on any of these kids that are coming through the academy or any young, talented players around the world that are coming. Or you're going to go to an AC Milan and, yeah, I'll sign with the academy, and you're going to spend six years there, play with the under-20, and then make your debut when you're 23, 24, if you're lucky. If you are lucky, because they can afford to go out and spend, spend money on players, right? Now, Man City is a little bit different because they're changing things around, but the majority of clubs, you look at Chelsea, how many players do they have out on loan? Enormous amount, yeah. Like ridiculous amount. This is what I'm saying. There's a long list of these guys. Boats Chalabas, oh, Tom Cleverly, all of these guys, um, Federico Makeda, all these guys who like had a moment or a, or a stretch where they were getting minutes. But at these big clubs, it's it's virtually impossible. Yeah. Isn't it a case also that some parents with a bit of money will actually buy their kids trials at some of these big clubs as well? That they'll go around Europe and maybe they'll attach themselves to an agent who will get a nice little kickback. But they, they, I forget the guy's name. There's one, one kid years and years ago now. Um, he had an agent based in, in Toronto and he'd call me up all the time saying, oh, so-and-so's got a trial at, at PSG. Oh, and now he's, he's off to AC Milan. Oh, is it a Barca? And like, you start thinking, oh, is this kid really good? And then you start asking around and they, people say, actually, not really. Just his old man's got some money. Yeah. yeah. It's brutal. When, it's with like, the poor kid. The poor kid's being built up to elevate himself unrealistically. Was he not yeah. even good in Canada? Uh, I, I think he's decent, a decent player for his age group, but was yeah. never going to be a star. And, and I haven't heard, I forget the guy's name. Jimmy will also, and I. Like, I, I laugh as well too, right? Like, I, there's this guy who sends his son over to, to Greece to, to try out. And I start laughing, right? Going, okay, well, I've, I've watched your son play. He's a decent little player. He's okay. But doesn't have what it takes to, to get to that level. And then he goes, he tries out, oh, yeah, Penneth and I cost or whatever it is. They, uh, that's where he's going. I'm like, are you sure? Because I don't think he's ready, whatever. So he, I see him about two weeks later. I said, how'd it go? Oh, yeah, they really like him. They really like him. But, you know, he's got to come back right now. They're going to keep an eye on him. That's a nice way to say he's not good enough. He's not good enough. But rather than just going, yeah, look, he didn't make it. It's, oh, no, they, they like him. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, we're keeping an eye on him. They're not keeping an eye on him because if, you, if your kid's that good, they'll snap him up in two seconds because you think they want to lose that kid if they, if they think he's a gem. And it happens all the time. All these, all these people saying, oh, I'm going to send him to this club and to that club and Come on. <laughs> Tired of it. It's an industry, right? It's an industry. Yeah. And in many ways, it can be abuse, right? These, these poor kids it don't is. stand a chance. Yeah. And taken advantage of. It's, it's they horrendous. are. They are. These young kids, man. Let them play football. Look at, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, if you're good enough, you'll get noticed. You'll get noticed and you'll get picked up and you'll go somewhere. These parents that live vicariously through their kids, let your kid just play. Don't drag them all around the world and, let them play football and have fun and enjoy it. It's like those kids, uh, you know, American Idol, and they start singing, and they've been told the whole life by their parents, oh, you're really great. You're good. You can be a, a superstar singer, and they're fucking awful. And they get broken down by these judges. And then for the first time in their life, they've been told, no, you can't do it. You're not good enough. And they can't handle it. It's the same thing, just like that. Simon Cowell. Jimmy's like Simon Cowell of the football world. Well, just be realistic. Realistic with your with your kids and you know an agent's got to be realistic as well. Look, you're not good enough. Simple. M mm -hmm. Move on. Try something else. 
There's nothing wrong with that rather than put them through these, you know, flying them all over the place and put them in situations where it's just going to make it even worse and kill their confidence. And why, why put them through it? It's also the result, though, of us not having a pathway here, particularly, right? I know you're, that, that there are examples of this, of you know, wealthy Europeans. But let's be honest, with the infrastructure and the club system, you're not having kids that are 16, 17, 18 flying to other places thinking that they've got a shot. Because if they had a shot, they would get it at home in one of those European places. We're talking about upper middle class, upper class Canadians and Americans with some type of connection somewhere. And this dream that I don't want to go to Columbus Crew 2 and play in the next gen. Ah, That sounds cool. But no, my kid's good. Forget high school. We're going to copy Jonathan David. Excuse me, um, Jonathan de Guzman. Jonathan David went at 18, right, from Ottawa to pro. Jonathan de Guzman, who moved at 12 when Julian was was living in, was he France first or Germany? And he went to Holland Germany at 12. First, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Germany. Yeah, and yeah. Junior Hoylet, who at 12, Blackburn watered him. Parents yeah. wouldn't let him go. Blackburn gives the parents a job, moves the whole family. There are some incredible stories of that happening, but that's for very sure. rare. <laughs> it's very well, that, rare. That's where I'm going with it. They, if you're good enough, you get noticed. Mm-hmm. So you go there, they want you, they sign you there and then on the spot. Don't come back and go, oh, they like them, but uh, you know, they're, they're going to keep an eye on them. Fuck off. <laughs> come on. So, okay. So then what, what do you say to that kid then afterwards? If the kids, you said the kid's good. Do you pull the kid aside and say, hey, put your head down, grind, get yourself in a position. Maybe you're looking at NCAA, get an education. You know, keep keep grinding. Maybe you can get in the CPL ladder. Look, what, what for, do you say for me, like guys, uh, I'm going to tell you this for free. You, you as a parent, okay, or anybody else, you can say whatever you like to your child. Your kid has to want it. They have to have a passion. They have to have a drive. That has to be what they want to do in their life. That's them waking up first thing in the morning. Without the parents telling them anything, I'm going to run five, five, five kilometers today. After school, I'm going to do my homework and I'm going to be outside and I'm going to be kicking that ball repetition every day. I'm going to be training every single day. The parent can't go, hey, you should do this. You should do that. No, the, the kid has to have the drive and want to do it. It's their passion. They will tell you. They will tell you what they want to do. And if they want to be a footballer and you can see that, that, that hard work that they put in every single day and that determination, and when their life is football, on TV, watching every game, constantly talking about football, constantly training, that's someone that has a passion and a desire that wants to be a professional footballer. Jimmy, when you went over to Bristol uh, and they said, listen, we want to sign this kid, we want you, you were how old again? Remind me, you were, you were young. 17. 17, right? So it, yeah. t- t- talk me through that conversation with your parents. The club came to you okay, and your parents look, said, listen, we'll I'll, give you papers. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, how, how this went with, with me, right? When I, when I was young, I was out every single night running. I was running every single night, probably about 7 to 10, 10 kilometers every single night. I was out in the backyard at the school in the parking lot, kicking the ball against the wall every single day. I wanted to be the fittest. I wanted to be the fastest. I want to have the best technique, touch. In my bedroom, when you walked in my bedroom, I had pictures of – uh, you know, Ryan Giggs and Cantona and, you know, Conchelsea. You Greek Forest. Like Greek Forest? These, what's that? No, Greek no, no. Forest. I had these on my wall. Soccer Saturday. I was up before my parents watching, watching these, these, uh, all the highlights. And 
I was training. I got into the national team squad. Um, and I asked a guy named Tony Taylor. Myself, I walked up and said, Tony, I said, I want to be a professional footballer. He looked at me more or less saying, who the fuck? Who's this guy? And I went, Tony, I want to be a professional footballer. So he said, look, okay, why don't you come train with the older team, right? With the national team program. Come train with the older guys. Let's see how you get on. And uh, he said to me, he goes, all right, kid. He goes, I'll send you over. He was going to send me a Celtic. And I went to my parents and said, mom, dad, I said, I want to be a professional footballer. And at the time I had a scholarship from Notre Dame and Maryland on the table. And my mother was like, no, you're going to go to university. You're going to, you're going to university. And I was like, no, mom. I said, I want to be a professional footballer. I said, I got one crack at this. I got one shot at being a professional footballer. And I said, this is what I want to do right now. So let me go. I said to my dad, I said, dad, buy my flight, please. And I said, as soon as I make it and I sign, I will give you that money back for that flight. I ended up getting on a flight by myself. I had this little, I dressed sharp, you know, a little bag, football boots and that. Landed in London, got in a bus. I was supposed to go to Celtic. Tommy Burns got fired and Joe Jordan. I ended up going to Bristol City at the time. All right. I landed, uh, landed in London by myself, 17, got off, said to the guy, I need a bus to uh, Bristol. Where do I go? He says, that's the bus. Jump on that one. Jumped on the bus, got a taxi to the stadium, walked in the front doors, said, I'm Jimmy Brennan here on trial. That night, they sent me to my... Uh, to my digs, woke up the next day, went training. I trained for a week. I played one reserve game against Tottenham. I scored one, set one up. The next morning, the manager came in and said, listen, I'm going to offer you a two-year deal. He goes, you got four days to go home, grab your gear. And I said, well, if I'm going home to get my gear, I said, I have to pay my father the flight that, that he got me. He goes, how much was it? I told him, he goes, right, there's the money for it. Give that to your father. So I went back back to Toronto, give my dad the money, packed up my, my suitcase, jumped on the next flight, went back to England. That was my story. That's a great story. I yeah. love that. The Canadian but dream. It was, it was my passion. That's what I wanted to do. My parents didn't, you know, they, they were there supporting me 100%. I needed them, but they didn't, they didn't push me. They didn't drive me. They knew that I wanted it. And it got to the point too, where, where my old man was looking at me going, this guy's running every single night. He's training. My dad would, he would ride a bike behind me at 11 o'clock at night because I wanted to, I wanted to get my, my runs in. How, how so long was it before you? So that, that's where, that's where I'm going. And, and this isn't just me. This is every single Canadian footballer that went overseas and played that, that this is our passion. This is the dream. We, we're the ones that wanted it. Not my parents, nobody else. So you can't that, push why your you, kid or your kid that this is what you're going to do. No bullshit. It's up to that kid. You have to be hungry. Have that hunger. I know there's you concern, you know, in in modern modern day, you know, how kids have everything want they want, right? Unless you're, you know, unfortunate, you got whatever you want. There's less desperation. Whereas a lot of these players coming through from these these you know lower income places, um, other countries, they they need to succeed. Yeah, this is what they've put all their eggs in that basket. Yeah, but it's and, they, and and you know, I was talking with Tony too. I said, "I want to be football," and he says, "Listen, do you, you understand? You have to be better than that English player because you're going in as a foreigner, and you can't be the same. You have to be better than what they've got." And that resonated with me, and I was like, "Fuck, I, I got to be even. I have to, I have to do even more now. I have to do more because I have to be better than than what they've got right now." Fitzgerald Montaliani says uh, that the Canadian passport is the toughest passport to have if you're a professional footballer. 
That makes sense to you? Of course it is, especially back then. I remember I walked in the dressing room. They're like, what are you doing here? Like, they just took the piss out of me. They wanted to fight me. Told me I should be a hockey player, go back to Canada, go play. But it wasn't until I proved myself that that I could play that eventually I settled in. And, and you know, I, I was talking. I I went back back to Bristol maybe three three years ago. And I remember sitting talking with a couple of guys. I actually did a podcast with a few of the ex-pros. And, and uh, they were laughing. They were like, Jimmy, like how, how you went through that, that first few months, we have no idea. Because, you know, players wanted to fight you. You were constantly under 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 abuse because you you were Canadian. They all felt that you should be playing hockey, not football. Why are you over here trying to take our job? It was it was tough. It was very very tough. But you had to be thick skinned, hard headed, and and I knew I, I could I could prove myself. And there was no way I was going back home. I was like, no, I'm 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 staying here because this is what I want. And I remember, you know, one of my first games watching the first team play and, you know, 25,000 people sitting in that stadium and crowd going mental and the players are playing and I could see the energy. And I was like, I need to be on that pitch. I want to be there. And it took, it took a long time to settle in. But eventually when it did, you know, the, the guys realized, you know, my personality and I fit in with the dress room and they knew my work ethic, what I was like on the pitch. And, you know, and that's why I, I ended up staying in England for, for 13 years. Wonga, do you have similar stories about your, your drive to make the McGill football team? Well, yeah, but not as crazy as his. But there was there is something to be said about um, every day. Like we, Jimmy and I also played all different sports. So mm-hmm. baseball season, I'd have the tennis ball. I was a shortstop. I'd have the tennis ball going against the wall, picking up the ball. I was a goalie playing hockey. Same thing. Uh, but football, I'd go out. My brother played uh, free safety and linebacker at St. Effex. So my drive was built on I could be fast, all that kind of stuff, and I didn't mind the training for to be fast. But I hated working out. I hated going to the gym. The gym was my nemesis and still is. But I do remember my parents. I'd go outside, and I if my brother couldn't play with me and my father didn't kick the ball at me, I'd throw the ball up straight in the air, catch the ball like it was a punt. And this is, you know, middle of the winter. We play snow football, all my buddies. We'd get together. There is this level of the kid has to do it himself. And even when I was playing, so now I'm, you know, I was second, third on the team in tackles, had the best punt return average in, the, in our conference, all this kind of stuff going on. I still couldn't go to the gym where I had eight to 10 other buddies getting drafted two to the NFL or two with NFL tryouts and like six going to the CFL. So what Jimmy's saying, you really need, I didn't have that drive. I would much rather go, well, you know what? There were some cute girls at red path library and I'm going to go borrow some English notes. tonight. <laughs> You know, you know, even, even with my, with my kids, right. I, I never push them, never push them when it comes to sports. I, I put them in different sports because I, I want, I believe that they need to be active. I need to, I, I believe that they need to be like in a team environment, working for one another, you know, just getting that camaraderie because that takes you into the workforce as well. Okay. And, you know, I said to my, my son one day, I said, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a footballer. I said, okay, well, let's, 
are you sure? And he was like, well, yeah, yeah, I want to be a footballer. And I was like, look, Nick, I said, you, you, you have fun with the game. You love the game. I said, the only, the only pressure that you're going to have from me is your education. And I said, with the football and with sports, I just want you to have fun because I want you to play this game of soccer that you love. And I want you to be doing that when you're 35, 40, 45 years old with your buddies on a Tuesday night, going out for chicken wings and having a couple of beers and, and then just enjoying yourself and your, your time with your friends. That's all I want from, from them to, you know, from, from their sports, my, all, all three of my kids. Now, it would be different if I seen him every day, you know, outside running, playing, training. I'd be like, okay, now, now I need to start pushing you a little bit and start helping you out and get going. But, you know, if they, if they don't have that, that drive, then my job as a parent now is, hey, keep loving this game. Keep loving it. Because I want you to play, you know, until you're, until you're 60 years old with the guys and the girls and having fun co-ed leagues and enjoying your life and social life and being active. That's my job as a parent now. Not pushing him because he doesn't have that drive to be a professional, but he loves the game. I'm pushing with his education and I'm just there for support now. I get what you're saying. It makes complete sense. Um, discipline and hard work and work ethic and that obviously is integral to being successful. I get that. But also there is that talent, which most of us don't have. And I think most athletes don't quite understand that, don't realize that. They say, well, I just worked harder than the next guy. And it isn't always that easy. Right, you have to have that, that, not more than just drive that, that innate talent. Even the most average professional playing in in League Two has got talent more than Joe Blow playing on Tuesday with his mates. That that's the big difference, I think. I mean, I, I love sports. I played sports my whole life. I played so many sports at a very average level. Never had the discipline or the talent. So it's pretty obvious to me that I wasn't going to be a professional pretty early on. But a lot of these guys do work hard, but when it comes down to it, they haven't got that, that X factor. And that's going to be heartbreaking when that's realized. Could be chicken before the egg, though. If you had the talent or were told you had the talent, had a reason to believe you had the talent, you may have found the discipline earlier. I don't know about I I wonder, is discipline also a talent, though, right? Yeah. Some guys just, just, just don't want talent? to work out. Oh, I mean, that's a good point. That's a good you point. Have to be, you have to be disciplined. Of course, you have yeah. to be when your when your buddies are going out on a Friday night, and they're going out like Dan said, you know, chasing chasing the girls and going out and having fun at the library. You're like you're you're, you're at the library you're at the library. You're at home, and you're like you're like no, I've, I'm I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go kick the ball. I'm going to go do. That's did you, Jimmy? Did you say no to that? I did actually. Yeah, when I was young. Like yeah, once, I once never I, I never went to never went out to the the parties and that I was training a lot. But you know, I was getting into the national team as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't have that that social side that most kids did when they were 14, 15, 16, when they're all hanging out because I I was training all the time. Mm. I have a story about your talent versus discipline, though, Charms. I'm uh I won the city long jump in high school, grade nine, grade eleven, but grade eleven, I'm up against this guy named uh he's from another school, Laurentian High School. Um, his name, his Glenn, his name is Glenroy Gilbert and Glenroy Gilbert, the, the Glenroy, the Glenroy Gilbert, nice. Gilbert, who ran second, uh, on the four by one Olympic gold medal team. So now I go, okay, I'm in grade 11. He's actually in grade 10, but we're jumping against each other. So first jump, he pulls off like a, a five meter 90 or six meter 
And I'm just like, God, I'm, I'm around 580, my max all the time. So this is about 20, you're jumping around 18, 19 feet. So now I have to kind of go, Hey, I've got to, we're literally in the competition. I say, okay, I've got to determine, be determined, beat this guy. I jump my longest jump in my life. I jumped six meters, 30 something, which is about 20, close to 21 feet. Glenn Roy's up, two jumpers past me. They, I'm in first place. My brother's like, holy fuck, you just jumped 21 feet. Glenroy comes up. I jumped 630 something. He jumped 660. 660 is an extra foot. He beat me by a foot. And I went, there is no, I'm 17, he's 16. And I went, that was that level where I went, I, this guy is in this sport. Now, look, he played basketball. I was a better basketball player than him. But at this sport, he's going to beat me. He's going to like, and it was one of those things where you go, it doesn't matter. And I trained, I was training for track. There was this level where you're like, okay, I'm not going to be an Olympic track, track athlete. Cause that guy just proved who's going to be the Olympic track athlete. So, you know, that there are those times where you're even as an athlete, you're like, that guy's just better than me. And there's not much I can do about it. So why do white guys bother sprinting? Well, the the Chinese guy, you'd say the same thing, but the Chinese guy uh, just broke the 60-meter indoor uh, world record about a year and a half ago. Who had it ago. before him? It wasn't saying he didn't run much indoor, I don't think. No, it was, it was I, I forget who it was, but it was, um, but like. Mo, was it Mo Green? Could have been, yeah, Maurice Green. Could have been yeah. Maurice Green, yeah. But I mean, I, I said that and I wasn't joking. I mean, the reality is you see the Olympics or the big track events, right? And you know who the white dudes aren't going to win. Simple as that. Um, but, no, it's true though, right? Let's, um, let's not kid ourselves. Adam, I think Alan Wells was the last white guy to get a medal at the Olympics, and it's when the US boycotted. In yeah, he won the gold medal. Gold was it? Gold was it? I thought it was silver. Yeah, was it gold? In, in individual sprinting, four yeah. by one. Yeah, yeah. but it, no, sorry, in the one hundred. But it was also the slowest winning one hundred that over the past years. Yeah, it, it yeah. was the slow. Like, yeah. But that also, was, I think it was around right. about 11 seconds, wasn't it? Or something ridiculous. It was, it was like 10-2, which wouldn't even get him into a final now. Yeah. Is Charmin telling us he's looking for a fourth job? You're going to be a filmmaker? White men can't run? <laughs> can't sprint. <laughs> they can run. They can't sprint. I hope the you long, have the long, other... The long laps we can do. Right. Yeah. I hope you found other subjects other than just me to profile in this. Actually, video. you can't even <laughs> say that, though, Charms. Charms, you can't say that. The guy who, guy who broke the world record for the 400 hurdles, white guy from Norway um 400 is a sprint now you're gonna get like I don't people are just sprint, learning it's to not train a it's not a real sprint though what's a sprint up to 200 200 or is 400 yeah. a sprint for me it's two no no four is not a sprint it's 200 400 it's not a sprint <laughs> so allow me allow me what the kind of trouble to... you're getting yourself <laughs> yeah, into i'm not I'm, is this is, is this be fucking obvious let's be real here i'm not <gasps> the elephant in the room here like, jesus christ it's no, true I'll, allow me this moment to interrupt Charmin's uh, Fox News report on sprinting. <laughs> oh, sorry. You, you're right. Sorry. The white guys run as fast as black guys. And it, yeah, okay. Let's, oh. let's, let's. Can you just stop? Can you stop digging? I'm trying to help you for fuck's sake. He doesn't want any help. He doesn't There's want a help. book by a white man. His name is David Epstein. It's called The Sports Gene. I wish I've read this entire book. I have, uh, I think I may have attention deficit disorder. Outstanding book. And the premise of the book is. Uh, and he took a lot of flack for this, but through all of his research, and he did this in very articulate ways by looking at 
NFL rushing leaders. I think there probably would have been some CFL rushing leaders as well. He was trying to discern if you could tr- track or trace where all of these essentially uh, sprint or running stars came from. Fast twitch DNA kind of thing. But yeah. actually, so we're, we're, this is like 23andMe super DNA thing. Mm-hmm. Every one of these type of champions or leaders, and some of them were just who's the fastest person in the NFL, who's the fastest you know, uh, runner clocked in the Bundesliga at the time. All of these people were traced to two regions, West Africa and East Africa. Mm. And the difference was the endurance runners all had East African origins. Now, maybe they weren't from East Africa, but some type of DNA origin came from there. And the sprinters always came from West Africa. And this is the finding in this book, The Sports Gene. It's an incredibly popular book. I it's should complete it. Isn't it? It's fascinating. That there's a village in, in Jamaica, and I forget how many. It's where Usain Bolt's from. And uh, there's, there's five or six Olympic champions from this one tiny village in Jamaica. Yeah, isn't a Johan Blake from there, too? Johan Blake Sasa is, yeah. Powell, that's right. All those he guys, is. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I know yeah. my sprinters because ever since oh, Glenn Roy I'm, kicked I'm my ass. fascinated yeah. by it. Fascinated yeah. by sprinters. From Ben, back in uh, before 88 uh, in England, having that connection to Canada. Ben Johnson was my hero. I just loved the guy. And just mm. really just uh, I've absorbed every every 100 and 200 in the Olympics and won championships ever since. Love it. Love it. Hey, how, whole, do you think, how do you think yeah. Gareth Bale and Ronaldo would do in 100 meters in the prime? Because they were FC. They rapid. were quick. Yeah. I wonder, time-wise, they wouldn't break 10. No, but you're, but, but you're also looking at them based off of footballers. Yeah, but that vertical that Ronaldo threw up for that header where he's like, not, <laughs> like vertical is a huge determiner determinant of speed too. And like, Oh really? He lost power yeah, and spring, you, right? Yeah. It's power and spring. So oh. that's why they do that. That's why one of it's, it's about, it's not just the 40 they do at the combines. They also do that one because it also shows that fast twitch uh, muscle and like that nerve ending that goes, Hey, this guy can react really quick too. So, so Ronaldo's when he when he did, I was amazed that he was able to climb that high. Like that guy's about a meter in the like he's four feet in the friggin' air. I know exactly the play you're picturing. He's yeah. he's playing for Juve and he's yep. wearing that that shitty black and white half and a half top mm-hmm. that looks like one of those That's New right. York cookies. Yep. That Juve shirt. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. So but also, thank you. Now I shouldn't feel bad that I can't jump over a phone book. I should have just no. expected that. <laughs> yes, you should have. If you're slow, jumping <laughs> jumping high is difficult. It makes sense. A vertical, yeah. Ask anyone who plays soccer with me, and they know when the ball is like aerial, and there's like an excitement, like, ooh, this ball's in a dangerous area. And then they look, and they're like, shit, Dunlop's there. Yeah, but no B, the, the ball sticks to your feet so well. You don't need to throw it to your head, do you? you just keep it nice and tight. Yeah, but the problem the is when it is aerially, and it should be like a normal header for anyone else. You know, I have this complex. One, my face is how I get jobs. So I'm afraid. <laughs> is that where you're unemployed right Chocolate. now? <laughs> so, can so we put, that, can we put that with the other, what we had at the beginning of the show, pre-tape? The Elena's career and your Ascendancy career? Ascendancy and yeah. my descendancy, yeah. No, but it's, I, I think that that's, that's balance. That's a yin and yang, right? Isn't that mm. just a rotating? Yes, it's a 360 degree yang. It'll come around. Um, but uh, the Jimmy said a bunch of great things there. One of which was he hopes that Phoenix can, is enjoying playing into his 40s. You are in your mid-40s. Uh, last night in a desperation, uh, probably 67 minutes before my 11 p.m. kickoff at Cherry Beach, I text Craig Forrest. 
hoping that Craig Forrest would join me because I had two two guys bail and I was desperately searching for ringers last second. If you didn't live in uh, Aurelia or wherever the hell you live, uh, you know where I live. Province, you know where I live. Might you have might you have joined me at eleven p.m. for, Kenora. for a kickabout? No, because you're rude about where I live. You're offending the people that live in my hood. <laughs> it's only Look, it's only ten minutes away, according to Jimmy. Yeah, ten yeah, minutes from you, downtown. No, Twenty minutes. Wait, hey, I've how many times I, have I, I could said? be I could be down at Cherry Cherry Beach in twenty seven minutes. Perfect. A, so next Tuesday, next Tuesday, nine p.m. I need you. You coming? Nope. Didn't think so. <laughs> and for the record, Jimmy, you've been treating Wonger. I've always said like I want to come play jits up there. Let me have a real spro. Let me meet all your guys with long Italian names. You're taking Wonger you, from the door, I've never the, been. the door is open. That doesn't work. Doesn't doesn't you can't you wanna... say the door's open. You need hard invites. What do you mean I could give you a hard? Are we not? Are we not pals? I I drove up there. I said Jimmy, I'm coming up to visit you. Hold it, but this took is him out, took him out on Main Street, man. We went yeah. for a nice I, like, unprompted, like, unprompted. Okay. Yeah. Well, my daughter had a track meet at Aurora, was some beautiful stadium in Aurora. Yeah. And then I found out that Aurora is the rich hood compared to Jimmy's New Market because that's where Jimmy lives, and he brings down all the. Val- property values so i called jimmy and jimmy goes yeah you got to drive another 15 minutes and meet me here and we it's went only, and had some it's only it's only 15 minutes it's 27 kilometers but it's only 15 minutes from aurora to Newmarket on the paid highway that you have to, this is so have fucking boring from. right now <laughs> oh really talk you don't think talking about your the your lack of discipline as a youth and why you couldn't play on your dad's rugby team that wasn't fucking boring for the listeners no i don't I think, it, you know what, you know what it was? I'll, I'll tell you what, if I may jump in here. When we went down Boring Avenue, tell us. Jimmy, Jimmy's story was, dude, I wish that I'd known, like, I wish that I'd followed you when I was, you know, a younger guy, because that was so inspiring. Like, it was super inspiring and super, super cool. And I have like this whole new, I mean, I've always respected you in some way. But like, holy shit, man, that was unbelievable. Like that's a dick. No, but it's it's no, but it's super. It's it's really really cool. Charmin's story is also very inspiring because uh, it's inspiring for for kids to be like, wow, at least you know I'm not that guy. You know, like, <laughs> at least my parents love me enough to encourage me, as opposed to trade me away to another team. Mm. So, bo- so good on both of you. Thanks. It's, it's more of a tragic tale, mine, isn't it? But very similar to Jimmy's. <laughs> I don't tell my I mean, story. Very different. That's the first time I think I've ever told my story. Well, good. Now we've done a, the first interview a book. for the... I know, yeah, I know a guy who could write you a book, uh, or I know a guy's wife who could write you a book. Yeah. Thank you, because I know that Charmin's trying to get Cloak to do the book. Fuck off, Charms. You hijacked the <laughs> event the other night. Don't fucking hijack the book that Jimmy and I are going to write. Okay? It's going to be called, So What If I'm Naked? Hey, Ray. by the way, someone put it up the other day. The Naked Truth. I loved yeah. it. That's good too, yeah. yeah. What would Jimmy's book be called? I loved it. I think that'd be a pretty good title, man. I think that'd be a pretty good title. Oh, I just I think I think down. Snakes and Green Dildos. Brennan, my life. <laughs> can I, can I read you can I read you my text exchange with Craig last night? Yeah. So this is uh 952. Okay. So this is an hour and eight minutes before my eleven PM game. I said, I know that you're probably three or four Diet Cokes into the night, assuming that he was at this event with you. But what are the chances that you'd like to get out on the pitch with me at 11 p.m.? If you wear size 11, I've got boots for you and a kit. Just had two guys bail and I'm scrambling for ringers. 
Would be funny as hell, wouldn't it? His reply, thanks for the offer, pal. Nerd face emoji. That's it. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. I don't think Craig will ever kick another soccer ball again in his life. <laughs> no chance. He's got any interest in it. None yeah. whatsoever. You might Wants be right. nothing to do with it. <laughs> Told those years that Ipswich beat it out of him. What's that? All those years at Ipswich beat that passion out of him, the passion that you're yeah, hoping that I your think, son carries into his 40s? I think because he's just done it for so long. It's just, blah. Doesn't want to hurt yeah. anymore. Doesn't want to leave between the lines. Give him his testimonial, old. then maybe. Yeah. <laughs> About time. Um, Wonga, anything in your big old sloppy mail sack? No, I'm going to disappoint everybody. I don't have any mail sacks. No one sent anything in this week. I'm sure what? they did. They well, must have. I'm going through all our mail sack. I've been going through it all show. I went through it earlier today. Can't find anything. So what I decided to do was talk about uh, a saltine challenge we're going to do the next time we're on. We're going to oh, film geez. it. I, so you know salty, what? The saltine challenge. I just looked it up. You get six saltine crackers, mm. right? So six premium plus. We're going to look for sponsorships. So six. And we're going to eat them all together at the same time. And whoever you have 60 seconds to eat them and then no, no drinks. And you're supposed to, whoever can whistle first wins the challenge. How many crackers? Sorry. Six saltines. Six of them. Yes. So we're going to do that the next time we're on Wednesday night show. Wait, can we all whistle regardless? Like, can we whistle just to make it? Some people can't whistle. Okay. Lean back from your microphone. I can. Yeah. Yeah. I whistle oh. for the dog. I whistle for the dog all the time, and I realize that when I'm around other people's children that are like toddlers, I do the same. Like, hey, don't cross the street. I do it all the time to my daughter, all the time. Yeah. No, <laughs> you guys whistle at kids? Yeah. Oh, jeez. To control them. Jimmy, can you whistle? Can you whistle? Oh, jeez. Oh, he's got the JC? tongue whistle. JC, can, can you whistle? I can do the Star Trek whistle, the... No. It's when you whistle with a with the humming at the same time. Girls love it. Hello, ladies. So just so everyone knows, next Wednesday, okay. everyone next, buys next, some next premium plus. Will we remember, do you think? Yeah, I'll remember. I'm writing it down. I have crackers written down on my book. Now, I wonder I'll if there's it. like a local cracker company that would love to sponsor us crackers. I would hope so. We just need like six boxes, really. Jimmy, you need, one, you need one of those Costco big boxes because I think they have like 12 in each, like eight of all those packets, the saltine packets that you open and then turn. Every, if you don't eat saltines in one sitting, they basically go all dried up or. Jimmy's soggy. got the uh, the coach's whistle, though, right? That, 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 yeah. That, with, with his yeah. tongue. Hey. That or. Fingers can you do the lip, the the, the, uh, the whistle? Oh, you okay. can. You can do that too. Yeah, you can do the fingers. That's a that's a that is a skill. Yeah, I do this a lot. So if you have that and good. discipline, you can be an ex player and a coach. Charms, your whistle was very much like uh, like a good whistle. Like you could which, which whistle one? along to a tune. <whistles> yeah, it's, it's like a Mary Whitman. Dude, you're like a Disney bird. <laughs> Could you be do 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 do? Holy <laughs> Kesara, whatever will be will be. When you thought what the fuck I was talking about earlier was bad radio. <laughs> what the fuck is All right. Wrong with you? 
let's, let's call it a quit, shall we? Um, big games this weekend in the Prem. Don't know what they are. I'll look at that between now and Friday, but I know they're all on Fubo TV. That's good. And you can still get, I believe, a, a discounted subscription. Yes, October 7th. Footy Prime. That's great. Yeah, it's great. Cash in on that. Can All right, everyone. One, um, one plug. Hold on. Like, yep. since you didn't do it, uh, as uh, as host 1A, I will do it. Uh, we spoke with Caitlin Kyle this week. We did. Uh, you will hear that interview in its entirety on Tuesday. If you've not listened to our interview with Amy Walsh, do so already. The banter is amazing. The banter with Caitlin is also excellent. Uh, but we did have a very serious conversation about what's happening in NWSL right now and with the Portland Thorns in particular, which she played for briefly. Um, and so we've put that on YouTube so you can hear that now as uh, we record this. It's very relevant with the firings that have happened in the NWSL in Portland in particular at the Thorns. So uh, you can check that out on the Footy Prime YouTube channel, which is uh, thanks to JC, youtube.com slash Footy Prime. All right. Thanks, B. Uh, and thank you. We are back on Friday. Cheers for listening and keep buying these Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.